0: Let's fly down the five. Destination, Pachunga Arena, everything San Diego Gulls and the American Hockey League, right now on Gulls Report. Welcome into episode eight of Gulls Report here on Duck Stream. Alexis Downey here, joined by Andy Zilch, the voice of the San Diego Gulls. Andy, how are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, had to move my belt another notch over after Thanksgiving, <laughs> but uh, I think I'm doing pretty good other than that.
0: Well, let's take a look at where the team is at. And obviously it wasn't the best holiday weekend for them, but one of the positives was hockey fights, cancer night on Saturday night. And I know that there was some special initiatives around that. So, uh, what was that like on Saturday?
1: Yeah, Saturday, uh, you know, we, we actually, there's been so much outreach in our community in my years that we've had here, we actually had a uh, fighter who was now a survivor as a season ticket member. Uh, She was honored a few years back right before the COVID season. And uh, we've done special reaches to several members, not just during our games, but throughout the course of the year. And uh, this one was pretty special in terms of the hockey community, because we had a former goaltender named Patrick O'Donnell, who, uh, just after uh, his freshman year, uh got a diagnosis of a brain tumor when he was in uh, Utah and uh, came back to San Diego, and now he's fighting. And uh, not only is his family behind him, the hockey community behind him, but now the San Diego Gulls are behind him. Uh, our goaltending coach, Jeff Glass, learned of him a few weeks prior, maybe even a month or a ha- month and a half ago, and uh, he invited him to a San Diego Gulls game, mm-hmm. so Patrick went down to the locker room and, and witnessed what it is behind the scenes for a professional sports club. And he read the lineup on uh, the game. Uh, it was about a week and a half ago, the last game that the Gulls won against the Grand Rapids Griffins. And uh, the team won. So not only did he read the lineup, he took in the game. He was talking during the game with the goaltending coach. And uh, after the game, our head coach Roy Sommer said, well, we won with you reading the lineup. So now you need to come back. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, superstitions rolling. And uh, he came back Wednesday right before Thanksgiving and read the lineup again. And uh, not only that, but he was also invited to watch a practice for the San Diego Gulls. He went into a goaltending video session with our two goalies, Luke Dostal and Ole Erickson Eck, and that was led by Jeff Glass, the goaltending coach. And then finally on Saturday uh, is when the uh, the final outreach to him was when We recognized him in game as uh, one of our honorary members and he dropped the puck for the ceremonial puck drop. So uh, it was really nice to feature not only just a night around him, but a week around him as uh, he's got a very positive spirit. And hopefully that is something that lifted him even higher. So just a quick little shout out to him. I, I had the pleasure of meeting him and then also meeting his family as well, a separate night. So Uh, you know, the best of luck to Patrick and his fight and and we're definitely behind him, not only as the goals, but as the organization as well.
0: That's so awesome. What a special evening and week for him. I'm, I'm sure that was and getting to see the way the community surrounded him and just all the excitement and being at the hockey game, I'm sure was just super special.
1: But yeah, yeah, you know, and as a former goaltender, it was—I I actually was in the video session shooting, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm never in those. You know, obviously the broadcaster never dips his nose into those. But it was really cool, and and the bounce back between him and Ostal was really, really mm. fun to watch too, because he was so attentive and trying to understand how a pro goalie takes things in and. Uh, We also featured that on our episode of Galls All Access, which uh, can be viewed on Friday at 2.30 on Fox 5 San Diego. So uh, if you want to see the full story come uh, to fruition on his journey and we sat him down and talked with him, all of that is available on Friday again at 2.30 on Fox 5 San Diego.
0: Well, another positive from the weekend, Rocco Grimaldi having two goals during Sunday's game. Yes, the team did fall to the Henderson Silver Knights, but obviously great to see a player like that get some points on the board. I know he has 19 points so far this season, uh, but what has he been like in terms of off the ice and a voice for the group as they go through a weekend, especially where they did have some struggles?
1: Well, it's funny you say that uh, having a voice because uh, I talked with him last week and we were, you know, just going back and forth and he's like, you know, he he said a comment, you know, I'm the oldest on the team and I thought about it and I was like, ah, you're right, you know, like at the age 29, you're the oldest guy on the team. He's like, I've never been on a team where 29 is the oldest player on a team. He said when I was coming up, there was two, three, four guys that were 30 and above, and I was like, well, how how is that you know, be positioned to you. Do, do you take on more responsibility? And he said, well, yes and no. He goes, I, I, I try to be myself, but I understand that we have a lot of prospects that are coming through the pipeline is every team I've been with. And he said, I'm just trying to help everybody out. We we want to come together as a team. So it's something that's second nature to Rocco. And I think the first thing for him is that he leads by example. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at his play on the ice and you guys saw it during the preseason with the ducks that just how elusive a player he is. And no matter uh what uh what direction the team is going he's willing to to lead foot first because that's the kind of player he is and i know he takes some of these losses to heart and he was out there for the empty net goal that henderson scored on uh a sunday and i could just tell in his body language that they, they knew they had a fighting chance in that game and uh, that empty netter was just the final nail in the coffin. And, Uh, he does nobody likes losing, but uh, I don't think (laughs) Rocco Rocco is one of those guys that likes it any bit at all. So they want to try to win every possible game and he's going to give 110% as best he can.
0: And it was certainly tough on Sunday. I mean, eight different guys were scratched in that game and really a depleted defensive end of the team too. How were they able to kind of make up for that throughout the game?
1: Oh man, that was, uh, you talked about it right there. I mean, we had, I'm going to try to remember all the, all the players that were out. So, I mean, we had five, six injuries. So you got DeLeo, who's still hurt. You have, uh, Tracy that was hurt that game. Brent Gates was hurt. Josh Lopina, Axel Anderson was hurt. Uh, Drew Hellison sick, uh, Luca profaca is sick. um, Think there might be one. Uh, oh, uh, Josh Healy's injured. So, mm-hmm. okay. So there you go. Boom. Like, wow. Holy cow. Yeah. And three players got injured in one game the night before on home ice. Then we bust five hours and fifteen minutes up to Henderson. We turn around. We play a five p.m. game. So to me, I mean, I hate to say that a team that's well below 500 is looking for moral victories, but that's a moral victory. I mean, mm-hmm. all they did was not play good for ten minutes, and it cost them the game, which sucks. But that's just the way it is sometimes in pro hockey. And I think they did a very good job rebounding off that poor start. They battled back. They made it a one-goal game, despite everything that was thrown at them the past two nights. I thought they did really well. So, yeah, Henderson was a really tough battle. But, I mean, if if you're asking me, I, I take that as a win. Unfortunately, it doesn't give you the two points, what the broadcaster says. But uh, I thought they did a really good job on a rebound on the hand that they were dealt.
0: And I think it can be mentally tough on the guys too, having a weekend like that. And then falling on the Sunday game, heading now into a new week of hockey. How is the state around the team? I mean, it's only been a couple days so far. It's only Tuesday as we re- record this, but what has that been like after today's practice?
1: Well, they're competing hard. I can tell you that thing right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're, they're not happy with where they're at. You know, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. They, they don't want to look at the, the AHL app and see them in the standings at the bottom of the Pacific division tied with Henderson. But, uh, they know that there's a lot more season left to be done. And there's guys that are starting to get healthy. Tracy was on the ice today, for example. So you start getting a little bit healthy. And, and, and also, by the way, I didn't talk about this with the Henderson game. We played one player short too. Mm. So now that you get guys coming back, you're seeing a full roster and you're seeing some internal competition and, uh, you know, it's, it's down to the details and uh, they, they know what they need to do. And in talking with some of the players today, uh, they got a full understanding with, with especially the, the magnifying glass with the coaching staff that they've put under. So, Uh, they've analyzed the video of the games that they've played last week, and they understand what they need to bring on here against one of the best teams, not only in the division on Wednesday, but uh, one of the best teams in the league.
0: And Andy, I know you spoke with assistant coach Chris Sparr today. So let's take a listen to that.
1: Well, coach, uh, as we look back at that last game uh, against Henderson, you guys had an excellent pushback. If you take aside the first 10 minutes, I mean, it's a win for you guys. So how do you keep that momentum applied into Wednesday's game?
2: Yeah, I think that's important that you're, you're taking the positives right now. It's, it's easy to get negative um, you know negative and start looking at all the things that we're doing wrong when you're not winning games, but I think it's important that right now we're looking at the things that we've done well in the past few games, and now we just got to continue to build on that.
1: The power play, working again, you had two power play goals. Where do you guys work on, what do you work on specifically to kind of generate some momentum and continue that as well?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, with with power play, the goals are they kind of come and go. Um, You know, for us, we focus a lot on where our chance is coming from. um, Are they quality? And uh, do we have enough traffic at the net front when we do have those chances? So, um, yeah, it it went in last game for us, and we just got to, you know, kind of stick with it. We talk a lot about how uh, quick the puck moves. I think it's really hard to defend when, when the puck's moving quick, so we'll continue to look to do that.
1: I noticed that you changed up the personnel and you're kind of mixing around. Are you looking for chemistry or are you looking to try to get some hot hands on a different power play unit? What are you looking for?
2: Yeah, I think right now we're just, you know, we're, we're experimenting with a few different things um, and trying to see what kind of sticks out in, in terms of like, you know, to make a positive impact for our team. So, um, you know, it's a lot of the same guys, but we're just kind of mixing them around and seeing where they, where they fit best. Colorado
1: is a top team, not only in the division, but the league. What have you seen from them in previous games that makes them so lethal, and, and the video the work that you've been doing?
2: Yeah, they, they have a high-powered offense for sure, um, and they do a really good job of sustaining offensive zone time. Um, so for us, we got to limit them being in our end, play more down there, and then we don't have to worry about that as much. But um, they certainly have a high-powered offense. Uh, we feel we do too. We haven't seen it as much this year, but, um, you know, this is a, a great – Uh, opportunity for us to play a good hockey team, see where we fit, and then, you know, kind of make our adjustments from there.
1: When a team has a good sustained offensive pressure, what are they doing to generate that?
2: Well, I think it's a five-man unit, right? Like if uh, traditionally, you know, you talked a lot about forwards and how they contribute offensively, but you need D involved in it too, especially nowadays. And so they have a five-man unit in the offensive zone. They all move around. They're all dangerous. And so we have to limit the scoring chances, stop them right away, get it out, and get going in, in the other direction.
0: So Andy, what are some of your takeaways from your conversation with Coach Spar?
1: Well, I, I think uh, they understand that they need to apply that pressure. And, and you know, that kind of goes back to before we played that recording of what I was speaking about and what they know that they need to do and uh, just finiting their game and making sure that they constantly apply that on Colorado because that team's going to bring it like I – the Gulls got a victory against them earlier in the season, so they proved that they can beat them. Now they need to Mm -hmm. prove it again, and they need to get over this little hump that they've had here on the downslope with the losses. So, I mean, to me, it's just, uh, you know, regaining what they had in that early start uh, when they had good goals against Grand Rapids. They had good tempo on home ice against Colorado. Now, I know that's dating back about a month and a half ago, but that's where they need to find themselves.
0: And as we get into the holidays here, December's coming up. Are there any community initiatives that the Gulls have been spearheading?
1: Yeah, so uh, and aside from the Hockey Fights Cancer, we now turn our attention to sponsoring a family here. And it's something not only directed towards players and coaches, but also our front office is getting involved in that in each department is lending a helping hand to sponsor a family. And we're getting families, uh, I think, over the next few days, too, because of the uh, the response that we've had from from our organization. So everybody's donating. We're going to give some families some good Christmases here coming up. Or we're going to give them presents. We got some wish lists that are picked out. Uh, and then we're going to have a good old shopping day coming up, I think, in uh, the next two, three days. Uh, just to go out and go to target and use all our our donations that we've had to give some uplifting spirits, to some of those. And then we also got uh, our teddy bear toss that's coming up and and these are just two small things. And as we move along through the month of December, we can talk about more in detail, but the teddy bear toss in in years past, we we've had uh, our teddy bears donated to local charities around the area. And uh, it's something that we're looking forward to again. And especially with a game that everybody loves attending because you get to throw teddy bears on the ice, and that's Saturday, <laughs> December 17th, uh, when the golf score the first goal. So we're really looking forward to those two. Those are the ones that are front and center. But, uh, again, as we move along, I know we're going to have our Rady's Ice Rink again uh, where we partner with the Children's Hospital, and uh, we also make sure that San Diego is uh, a fun place to to be around and also donate uh, as well as our time and uh, you know our good spirit uh, to everybody in the community.
0: Andy Zil, it's great to have you on Gulls Report today. Remember, there are three home games that you can catch this week for the San Diego Gulls, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday night. Thank you for joining me.
1: No, thank you so much for having me. This is an Anaheim Ducks original production on Duck Street.